so this morning the reflecting on the way it is the attitude of alert alertness attentiveness right on the edge and not not seeking not controlling but just that fine subtle attentiveness openness a relaxed attitude you can't when you as soon as you try to get it or achieve it or and you you're back into into putting forth effort trying to uh, get something you're trying to be aware rather than being awareness itself you see the difference I should be more aware I've got to develop mindfulness then you conceive it as something that you've got to get and that doesn't work you know you know you're lost into that realm again of the conditioned realm <clears throat> So it's not it's not you know a created state. So you don't you're not trying to create mindfulness, awareness, satisamatanya, but be that. And so being awareness itself is is ultimately simple. You can't become it, but you can be the awareness. So it's like just this sense of resting in this attentive state, open, relaxed, receptive. Now, uh, this when I this uh, I noticed the sound of silence. What I refer to the nada or the audible stream. So for me, that makes it very easy because so I don't create this, and it's not a not a kind of sound that that uh, comes and goes or depends on anything else for its existence. It's just attentiveness, being present, attentive, alert. This is what I. This is what happens. Now I'm putting this into the since this is the called the gate to the deathless 
Amatatha Dawara, the gate to the deathless. Dawara is a Pali word for door, gate. Like Aparuta Desang Amatasa, the deathless. Amatasa is the deathless gate to the deathless. Now those are just words too, but I mean, <clears throat> reflecting on that, you know, this is a, this is a, these are the, the cues, the signals, the clues to, to aware, to enlightenment that we find in the scripture, in the suttas. <clears throat> Since it can't be described, or, or you know, you can't, you can't, you know, you've, you're limited by the very limitation of thought and words and concepts. So the Buddha, you know, skillfully pointed. All his teachings are pointing; they're directional signs. Nothing in themselves other than to be used, not to grasp as ends in themselves, but to use them for the path, for awareness. So then like yesterday morning's reflection on the condition, the unconditioned, and the condition, <clears throat> there is the unconditioned. If there were not the unconditioned, there would be no escape from the conditioned. But because there is the unconditioned, there is the escape from the conditioned. <clears throat> the escape from the conditioned Now just take thinking, for example the thinking process and that's conditioned isn't it there's nothing immortal about any thought even though a thought can you can spell immortality deathlessness unconditioned with the latin alphabet <laughs> that doesn't mean it in itself it is that <clears throat> So what is the escape from thought at this very moment? You know, so then the, 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 the thinking process actually stops when you, what is the escape from thinking? Just the, asking a question stops the thinking process for a moment. But if you, you know, you recognize the sound of silence as a background. Thought arises and ceases in this audible sound stream. Notice, you can experiment. It's before you think, thinking, and after you think, it's still <clears throat> the thinking arises from it and ceases. So this is to discern, you know, this, this 
put it in the context of the unconditioned. Not as a definition, but as a just practical, you know, experiment. Experimenting here with the, with the uh, here and now conditions. If I say, oh, the sound of silence is the, uh, is the unconditioned and build it up into that, then you start, we believe in the sound of silence. <laughs> you know, cult around it. <laughs> Which is exactly <laughs> what is, uh, would be, you know, missing the whole point. Not trying to create a cult or a new new idea of any sort, but just practically applying these paradigms to experience, like the unconditioned. There is the unconditioned. If there were not the unconditioned, there'd be no escape from the condition. So also in consciousness, consciousness is, is uh, we could say, is unconditioned. In terms of the reality of now, like thoughts arise and cease, uh, pleasure, pain, happiness, suffering, uh, seeing, smelling, tasting, touching, thinking, remembering, conditions. But consciousness is a continuity, isn't it? You don't go unconscious every time you stop thinking or uh, you, you know, you're not into to being unconscious as uh, you, you just, you know, you're suddenly, you're, you're Vitality in the sense of self and and reality depends on the thinking process or memory or any condition. So you're you're really observing consciousness, sound of silence, space, visual space. These have this this uh, immeasurable. They have no boundary. They're unlimited. Infinity, isn't it? There's no boundary on visual space. It goes on and on. In terms of sound of silence, it has no boundary. It doesn't arise and cease like, say, the do, re, mi, fa, so, la, ti, do, or the sounds of nature or airplanes or machinery or language or music or anything else. So it has this flowing, this sense of flowing continuity. Now notice there's this, the stream, the continu continuity, connected awareness, awareness not as as a fragmentary experience, but as a continuity, sati sampachanya is as a refuge that isn't just uh, you know fragmented into arising, ceasing, but and you don't create it. You're not creating some sentimental refuge 
out of the words or concepts of Buddhism, but you're recognizing this is the refuge, this is awareness. The, thing, the thought arises and ceases in the audible sound stream. When the, when the thought ceases, there's still awareness, isn't it? Now apply this to, to the Sakyaditi, the first fetter. Sakyaditi, the personality view. And you begin to, to see how you create yourself with your thoughts and memories, They're, which arise and cease in the sound stream. This is like investigation, you know, of Dhamma. You know, you really, you know, it's experimenting, investigating it. So you can, you can to notice, you have insight from this kind of investigation. Now, now, stream entry, Sotapanna, and the first three fetters are the, you know, obstructions to, to insight into the path, knowing the path in a direct way. So that's why I keep emphasizing how to use these these teachings for investigation you know you you know you actually if you use these teachings properly it's a very it's like a really good map of conscious experience you know it's very you know you it it's very clear very useful uh road map So it's um, to be used, you know, this for, these are for use, they're not for identification. And you go around saying, I'm a soda pun or something that is ridiculous. So it's not trying to, to attain, we got back in the same delusion again, trying to, I'm someone who's not a soda pun who's trying to become one by conquering the three fetters or something <laughs> You missed the whole point if you, you, you know, one can think things like that because the, the ego and desire will grab hold of anything. So that's where it's, uh, you know, this is not for identity or attainment, but it's a skillful means, a way of, of bringing attention to what self really is or this sense of a self or Sakya Diti. <clears throat> Once you see Sakya Diti, I mean, it's so obvious. It's uh, like, you know, it's, it's blatant. There's nothing subtle about it. 
<clears throat> and we're not trying to get rid of it either, just know it, so we, we're no longer believing it or being, uh, you know, helplessly limited by the, our own thoughts and memories and the way we, we conceive ourselves, create our personalities. Otherwise we are, we're bound to those kind of limitations, what we think we are and our self-worth and, uh, you know, the, this modern society is full of that kind of talk about, you know, how to you really know who you are and, res and uh, assert yourself and respect yourself and, and have a, a good sense of self-respect, self-worth is highly praised. But what is the self, anyway? And so just going around saying there is no self is not the solution. It's not, you know, it's just equally ridiculous to just quote scriptural words that you don't understand their meaning anyway. So, so this uh, Sakya Ditti then is the first fetter, put it in this category of a fetter, something that binds you to ignorance and suffering. Sakya Ditti is, is this uh, unquestioned commitment to the delusion of personality, of what you think you are, who you think you are, your identity with your body, with your appearance, with your memories. So in this stillness, this silence, you know, then I can create myself or I don't have to. I can just be this awareness or I can become Ajahn Sumato, I can become anything I choose to become. But in this, in this stillness, the silence, resting in the pure awareness, then there's no self in it. Because there's no thought. It isn't a thought. It's not a, it's not personal. It's not doesn't def isn't a definition of anything. It's an awakened, natural awareness. It's universal. It's not personal. To make it personal, then I'm going to say I am a very aware person, and I'm and I'm forming some view, you know, that that I am some kind of specially gifted person that's aware. That's Sakyaditi. Or not aware, the way how you conceive yourself through, through criticism. You know, like, I'm not, I'm not good meditator. I don't have very good concentration. I, my mind wanders. I have a lot of problems. I'm, uh, you could see yourself through negative perceptions. Is Sakyaditi still? Whether you think you're a better meditator than the rest or you're the worst meditator here in the temple, it's all Sakyaditi. 
And then it's not a matter of me, me being better or worse, but awareness of this me as better or worse. This awareness is a not sakyaditi. So you're aware of sakyaditi for that, you know, is I am better or I am worse. And just language itself is <coughs> conditioned. Uh, you know, but the, our thinking process, you know, we create our moods and, you know, we can be happy or sad according to, you know, what somebody says or doesn't say. And so, you know, this is where to explore language and thinking, you know, how how it, you know, quite intentionally, I, I did a lot of investigation of just thinking, intentional thinking. Uh, but in order to to put language into into one category of the conditioned, uh, you know, rather than because language does, you know, it affects us emotionally, and we, you know, we can feel high or low or whatever according to what we're thinking. Happy memories, depressing memories, we get praised or blamed. Uh, then emotionally we, you know, we feel uh, elevated by praise and depressed by blame. Then the words also, you know, even the words, uh, poly words and, and, you know, the conventional forms that we're using, Theravada Buddhism, these are words too. So, you know, we're beginning to, to just see the limitation of word as these words, the thinking process. If we bind ourselves to thoughts, views and opinions, this all take words. This is thinking and words and memory combined. So then we're, we're stuck into that, into an opinion, into you know, what is right view, samaditi. You know, and then, then we have, uh, is it, a, is it a, a collection of words that are right? You know, so I've heard people, monks argue about right view as having, you know, as a, a per particular viewpoint, a thought, you know, a, a certain type of thought that's right, that's samaditi. But all this is still thinking. One just goes around and around with the thought, thought process. It was right view, wrong view, samaditi, michaditi, Ditti and all these, you know, and who's right and who's wrong. And so one gets tangled up into doubt, into wichikicha, isn't it? On that level of thinking, attachment to thought, trying to figure out Buddhism and practice and Dhamma and the path and Nibbana and Sotapanna and all the rest with thinking. You'll end up with just, uh, you know, doubt, wichikicha. Not quite sure, that could be wrong, who's, 
What do the authorities say? What does Chao Kun in Bangkok, you know, the scholars say? What does Buddha Dasa say? What does Rungta Bua say? What did Ajahn Chah say? I don't know. <laughs> and it goes on, you know, and wherever we, you know, they've said all very good things too, but it still works. This is where, you know, you where you put your refuge in somebody else, in a teacher or in a scripture, or no matter how wise or enlightened they might be, that's not the point, is it? Not to to seek refuge in something out there, no matter how good or right or wise it might be. So the, the Buddha's invitation is a real, you know, challenge to find out direct knowing, you know, other than just quoting the great sages as justification for everything. Because you don't trust yourself. You've not really looked and noticed. You've not investigated. So you have to hold on to what others tell you as expressions of right view. So what, what I'm encouraging you to do is, is this you know, the whole kind of beauty of this particular approach is this encouragement, this invitation to find out the truth yourself, to know the truth, be the truth itself. So, uh, like the first three fetters, Sakyaditi, Silabhata Brahmasa, Vichikicha, you know, is Sotapanna something totally, you know, impossible? Or, you know, when you think about it, and from the Sakyaditi view, either you overestimate yourself, you know, you can delude yourself into thinking you are a Sotapanna, or you can delude yourself thinking you're not. And that's not the point, is it? It's not a matter of, uh, thinking that one is or isn't. This is a this is a skillful means of the concept sotapanna, stream enterer. What's it for? What's the purpose of it? Is it to create a you know, is it it's not for grasping as some some personal attainment. So it's a it's a skillful means, you know, the first three fetters. What are those first three fetters anyway that prevent us from seeing the path from Samaditi? And it is, you know, the artificial creations of human individuals. These are all artificial, aren't they? Sakyatiti, these are not natural states. These are not natural conditions born of nature. These are created by human ignorance, human pride, human desire. Is a sakyaditi silabhattabharamasa. Silabhattabharamasa is an attachment to cultural conventions, cultural conditioning, social conditioning. Oh, that's what you get. You get that from other human beings. You're not born with it. 
You know, you're not, you, you acquire it after you've been born. Now they, these first three fetters are like this. They're not like, like uh, energies that we have, like sexual desire. That sexual desire is energy that you're born with. It's a natural condition to the species. You know, the, the, to procreate the species. It's part of the package of having a, a human body, isn't it? It's, this is, it's, this is, this, you don't create it. Human beings didn't create sexual desire. It's not a cultural creation. You know, it's, it's the same thing, whatever culture you're from, whatever continent or group or tribe or whatever, you know, sexual desire is very much the same thing. Procreative species is is nature doing what comes naturally. But identity with sexual desire is a creation, isn't it? And judging it, and uh, you know, we create it into you know my problems with sex or my. You know the way we we uh, we culturally relate to this energy that we all have. It's the puritanical. It's it's disgusting, vulgar, low, or we can make it sacred. It's about love and fulfillment. It's it's beautiful. It's sacred. We can elevate it, or put it up on a pedestal, or we can put it down in the gutter. And this is, this is human creation, isn't it? This is what we do as human beings from our cultural assumptions. So sexual desire is not sakyaditi, but sakyaditi is my, my sexual desire, my sexual problems, identities with, with, uh, with sexual perceptions being you know, all the strong identities with, with sexual inclination. Homosexuality, bisexuality, all these words, these are words and concepts. Heterosexuality is normal, and that, that's normally others are abnormal. These are human creations, cultural attitudes that we create with language and concept. So you, you know, you, if you don't create that, now like, like a, in a celibate community, isn't it? We're celibate community, meaning we're uh, brahmacharya. But we still have this uh, sexual energies. This is still, you know, we still experience it. There's nothing, you know, nothing uh, wrong with that because that's just the way it is. That's, that's this realm is like this. It's sensual. It's sexual, and, and sexual. The body is a sexual form, and it's like this. But then the identity with the body is sakyaditi.
to go around saying I'm celibate in, the, in another, you know, one on a conventional level, that's fair enough. But as to make celibacy another sakya ditti is another ridiculous thing, isn't it? Not to, you know, go around proclaiming, you know, that celibacy is is better. We're pure because we're celibate. We can make it into real kind of snooty uh, sakyaditi position. Is that the point of it? Is that is that what celibacy is for? Or is it for reflecting on it, putting, beginning to understand sexual energy that we experience, rather than just be frightened by it or uh, captured, enslaved to it, or suppressing it, or following it blindly, or not understanding it, not recognizing it, not being able to cope with it, creating endless neurotic hang-ups around it. This is all Sakyaditi Silabhattabharmasavichikicca. So like the Sakadakami after Sotabhan still has sexual desire, Raga. You know, it's not like instead because this is this is uh, sexual desire is like this. It's it's a natural condition, it's part of the human state, the human species. But it's no longer personal. It's no longer seen in and and regarded in the personal way and judged according to cultural attitudes cultural perceptions. So in the, the, to see the path then is a, you know, breaking through the illusions of these three fetters and to, and to know the fetters. It's not, it's not just a, it's not a matter of getting rid of them Know them. So you know what Sakyaditi is. Sila Bhattabharamasa Vichikicha. So this is, you know, like for myself. So this helped me a lot to, to clarify, just on the thinking level. It makes things so helpful. It's like, you know, really a very skillful map, as I've said before. You know where you're at. You can you can be aware of where you're at, and sakyaditi rather than than you know just some kind of poly word concept. So what is sakyaditi now in, in terms of sitting here on this high seat, this tamat, the natural state, and there's just the body's natural, isn't it? I didn't create this body. It's like this, sitting, breathing, sound of silence. Then for Sakyaditi, I can hear, I'm Ajahn Sumedha, I'm the teacher giving this marvelous reflection on the Dhamma this morning, and and I've been a monk for 40 years, and I'm a Chaukun, Raja, Sumetacharya, you know, I'm <laughs> gonna go on into 
into all kinds of sakyaditi. Those are thoughts though, aren't they? In the thinking, thoughts, concepts, conventions. But if I don't do that, then there's awareness. Body is still sitting here on this, you know, unique seat. Like you're all sitting on the floor. I'm sitting in this, in the high chair. Like a baby in a high chair. In a, sitting in the high chair and <laughs> now with its awareness then there's no self or if the self does arise you know it like self-consciousness and this is particularly strong problem I've had is self-consciousness and the uh, you know just uh, an obsession about what people how people see me and wanting to you know to always want to be a hermit to go away where I didn't have to live with any other people because they bring they make me self-conscious People make me self-conscious. If I'm alone, it's all right. Then in the reflecting on Sakyaditi, you know, this is how to, how to, how to use this particular neurotic hang-up of self-consciousness. You know, to explore it, investigate it. And so you can see the difference between self-consciousness and awareness. So awareness, I'm going to be aware of self-consciousness. So they mean, when I feel nervous, what do people think? I've got to get up in this high seat and uh, you know, got to perform these things or give a public speech or you know I'm the head monk and uh, chairman of the board or whatever you know anything puts you in this sense of I'm I've got you know I've got to relate to another group of people as a person where I'm I'm you know making myself you know stand out being looked at and and I can be judged by others, fear of what others think. So if in the sound of silence, this is how I've trained myself, with this uh, audible sound stream, I've explored self-consciousness, you know, in detail. So I know it. I know how it arises. I know when it's present. I know how to let go of it how to not be bound, deluded, enslaved to that particular habit anymore. And this is through investigation. There is a sakyaditi and awareness. There's establishing this awareness, this is the awareness, 
with the with the sound of silence, it, it, I feel a sense of it's a flowing awareness. It's not just momentary or fragmented. It's this this flowing sense of continuous connected awareness, and there's no self in it. And then the sense of a self arises and ceases. If I, you know, by by recognizing this, then then I don't have to create myself anymore because I have this refuge. I can be aware, sitting on this high seat, talking to you, doing what what you know on the conventional level, performing the duties of senior monk and all the rest. Now, if I if I forget this and go into self-consciousness, then I start. I I get worried. I I I get um, I get resentful. Uh, all kinds of things come from self-consciousness. All kinds of miserable states. I start worrying. I'm getting worried about things or. You know, doubts arise and feelings of love and hate and resentments and it goes on and on into a whole, you know, kind of habitual patterns of Sakya Ditti. That, you know, at my age, I'm so tired of seeing, seeing them. You know, they just, they just go, they say the same things, the same stupid things over and over again. So, you know, you, no point in believing any of it, in any of the Sakya Ditti. So I know it, and it doesn't mean that there's no more Sakya Ditti. I never have a Sakya Ditti moment, ever. That's not it. I know it when it rises. It's like, you know, immediately, I know you, Mara. You can't fool me anymore. That kind of knowing is uh, from this awareness. And Sila Bhattabharamasa also is, uh, you know, this is, these are like cultural conditioning, social conditioning, being attached to Buddhism, you know, having views and opinions about Buddhism and Theravada Buddhism and Vinaya and all the rest, you know, just out of Sakya Ditti, out of ignorance. So one can, you know, be attached to the conventions uh, the, of Dhamma Vinaya out of ignorance. You haven't, you haven't, there's not, there's not stream entry, there's no awareness yet of the path. So one tends to to use Theravada concepts, Theravada ideas, or, you know, according to our own cultural uh, way of thinking. You know, it's interesting to see how, how Westerner interprets Pali words. You know, and how we, what we recognize, or what, you know, in, when we go to Thailand, and uh, what we pick up, because we're conditioned in a, from a different culture from European culture, so we we think like this, we have a 
we have the Sakya, the Silabhattabharamasa, the cultural social conditioning from a different society, from Judeo-Christianity, Western materialism, science. So that does affect how we interpret uh, Pali scriptures and and it, how we how we interpret our experience in the Thai monasteries it's from a Western Sakya Ditti Sila Masa conditioning. Now the point then is to is to uh, you know the, to the, since these are the fetters, they need to be known. The attachment, the the view, the the that we have in regard to the very conventions we're using, the sense of ourself, the conventional world that we're experiencing, and then Wichikicha, the doubt or that comes from thinking, from being attached to thinking, to conceptual thought. Now in this awareness then, all this ceases. There's no, you know, in the sound of silence, Sakya Diti arises and ceases, Silabhattamarabhasa arises and ceases, Vichikicha arises and ceases. What remains after everything ceases is still awareness, isn't it? It's empty. It's not self, it's anatta. And then this is the path. This is the maga, the path. Because it is that there's no sakya ditti silabhattabharamasa vichikicha operating. So it's an insight, isn't it? It's a, it's a gut insight. Yana uh, dasana. It's, it's a real, you know, it's, it's not an intellectual uh, definition. It's not a doubting, uh, maybe it is, maybe it's not, could be good. What does the scripture say? What do they say in the commentaries kind of thing? You've let go of all that to, to you know, through your investigation, you have insight, which is, is wisdom insight, not, not dependent on, on, uh, what others say or think or interpret anymore, or what you know your your particular uh, self view is. So, is the path that difficult? You know, is it when you when you think about stream entry and all that? You know, it gets it gets so convoluted and so perverted. Either you, you don't want to think about it, you're afraid of it, you're afraid of being barachic if you, you know, somebody says, oh, Ajahn Sumedho's claiming to be a sotapanna or something like this. You know, he says, barachica, that's not what I'm doing, is it? I'm not from the Sakya Ditti level claiming anything. I'm pointing, using the teachings 
as we have the right to do. What we're supposed to be doing is using this, these conventions for investigation. To be free from the fetters and from the illusions that we create out of avicca or ignorance. But then recognizing this is the path and then you know you can it's the cessation the third noble truth it's the niroda of the paticca samupada isn't it it all comes together in this this kind of awareness if you you know if you use the the Four Noble Truths and, and the uh, Paticca Samuppada, dependent origination. The Naroda of dependent origination is this. Everything collapses, you know, the whole, the whole thing, the whole process from Avicca, Bhajaya, Sankhara, once there's awareness, the whole thing collapses, the Naroda ceases. So, in this way of of using these teachings for, you know, for investigating. They're, they're, they're skillful means for investigation of direct experience, you know, with one's personality, one's fears and desires, one's views and opinions, whatever. Now it's sad to see, as you many of you recognize also, that how many people disrobe and give up because you know they and they never get they never never get past doubt, which ikita. And it's rather sad to see, uh, you know, people who've given so many years of such you know, good motivations and so forth, give up out of, because they don't, they've never recognized or known stream entry. They merely operated on the, in the, you know, you could operate your whole monastic life with, on the Sakya Ditti level. You know, if you never, if you never directly approach it and and recognize it, investigate it. One can one can be full of oneself and views and opinions as a Buddhist monk or nun as you can as a lay person, as a film star or a prime minister or whatever. You know, it doesn't. If you just attach to the convention, so it's uh, you know it's not the, the robe is not you know the the magic wand that transforms us. But it is, can be a skillful means.
And how many have we seen, you know, trying to get jhanas for years, trying to develop this and the stages and the and 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 then you know nobody ever I don't I hardly ever know anyone who talks about the four stages very much the, the stream entry or anything like that so in the past few years I've been emphasizing this because you might as well use the whole convention as best we can because you see the results of you know so many disappointing results in people's uh, lives as they you know they enter the Sangha and give up because they, they just don't they don't get beyond Vichikicha. They have no no way to to transcend doubt. So this is a very you know this is a Vichikicha is is through thinking. If you don't think, you don't doubt. So a way to put thinking into perspective, you know, that I found is just in the sound of silence. Arise, every thought arises and ceases in it. Or emotionally, now emotions, you know, they linger in the thinking is very rapid, you know, as it goes like machine gun fired, rat-a-tat-tat like that. But emotions, you know, they, they get, they're kind of, they're energetic and they kind of linger. You can linger with, with a feeling of sadness or loneliness or depression or, you know, whatever, you know, worry. Worry can just kind of take one over and last for days on end. Wake up in the morning worried. Another, another day of worrying. <laughs> so these, uh, you know, so this is like recognizing emotional. It's energetic, you know, not to analyze it. You know, start analyzing why I worry. Why I worry is such a problem I have is because of. Then you're still on that Sakya Ditti Sila Bhattabhara Trying to analyze why I'm worried all the time is still Sakya Ditti. You know, so you might come up with some interesting uh, conclusions about it, but you don't get out of the problem. You know, you no escape from it that way. So, so the escape then, there is the un condition. So remembering that, then this is the unconditioned. Then by resting in this awareness, in this sound of silence, then I can be aware of, of the kind of lingering feeling without analyzing it or making it into a problem. The kind of, and that takes patience, you know, being patient and allowing this this lingering emotional energetic feeling to be and as you're allowing it to be what it is you know you're aware of it's changing it ceases so it, it, it isn't just you know to 
wipe out emotion or not feel anything or to get rid of thinking, but it gives you this incredible space or this this uh, boundlessness to receive the conditions and allow the conditions to be what they are, to arise and cease without being deluded by them anymore. So that's enough for this morning.